It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. Is heaven for real? The testimony of the Bible is that heaven is a very real place and that it is assured to those who want to spend their lives with Jesus. And Jesus wants to spend it with you. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3, share with us the heart cry of Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Jesus is the way. He is the only way to heaven. And he desires to give us an abundant life. In fact, in John chapter 10, in verse 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. The desire of Jesus is for each one of us to have a life of abundant living in him that leads to eternal life. He has made the provision for each of us to be rid of the guilt and shame of our sin. He is the one who has made a way for us to be reconciled to him. The last book of the Bible is the book of Revelation. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it tells the story of Jesus and his faithfulness to us to save us from our sin and make the path clear to heaven. Heaven is for real and Jesus has done and is doing and will do everything he can to assure your place in heaven. It is in this vein that Jesus is introduced in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to be his God and Father, to him be glory, dominion forever and ever. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Jesus has always been and he always will be. And it is he 
who wants to save us. He stands in the midst of the lampstands in the book of Revelation, which represent the churches. Jesus walks among the churches. He walks among the people. He knows you. He knows me. He knows our trials. And he knows the burdens of our life. He understands us and makes a way for us. Jesus is pictured throughout the book of Revelation with different symbols and metaphors. As the only one who can open the scroll for our redemption, he is pictured also as a babe in Bethlehem, but he is also pictured as the conquering king. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 14 says this, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Jesus wants to save us, and he has made a way for us to be in our heavenly home with him. He is pictured again in Revelation 19, 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Jesus is coming as our King of kings and Lord of lords. In Revelation 21 and 22, he is the one who makes all things new for our new home in heaven with him. Jesus boldly states in Revelation 22, verse 7, verse 12, and verse 20, that threefold promise that he is coming quickly. Friends, he's coming soon. He's coming soon to take us home. But the key in all of this and the key for our success in this life is found right in the midst of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Over and over again in scripture, and especially in Revelation, Jesus is pictured as a lamb. When you think of mighty animals, you don't typically think of a lamb. However, the lamb is the victor in the book of Revelation. Revelation 17 and verse 14 makes it very clear. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. The Lamb wins. Jesus wins, and this is the profound message of the Bible. And it reaches its pinnacle in the book of Revelation. As long as we are for the Lamb, that Lamb Jesus, we will be victorious with Him. The Lamb is a symbol of Christ. It has been a symbol of Christ throughout the Bible. The Lamb points to Jesus, the innocent one who died on the cross for you and for me to make a way for us to be reconciled to God. I would like for us to take a journey back in time. And the story and names are only for illustrative purposes. But we go back to the time of Israel, to the tent of Ariel. Ariel is up early this morning and he begins walking. 
and he walks through the encampment of Israel. There are tents here and there. And while he walks, he walks leading a lamb. This lamb is perfect. It is spotless. He and his family have raised this lamb since it was born. Ariel is taking this lamb as a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice for a sin that is at the forefront of his mind. There's only one way to reconcile with God, and that is to take the life of this little lamb. And so Ariel arrives at the entrance to the sanctuary. There he's greeted by a priest. He takes that little lamb into the courtyard, and he places his hands on the head of that lamb, and he confesses his sin. And symbolically, he transfers his sin to that lamb. Then the throat of the lamb is slit. It is a swift and merciful act, but the blood of the animal is spilt. The priest takes the lamb, places it on the altar of burnt offering. Ariel sees the smoke arising to heaven. This little lamb pointed forward to the true sacrifice that would be given by the perfect Messiah, Jesus. Ariel has been forgiven, not because of the loss of life that the, of this animal, but because of his trust in God that this sacrifice pointed forward to Jesus. The sanctuary service helped people to come to a personal responsibility for their own sin. But it also pointed out that forgiveness came from outside of themselves and could only be administered by God. They needed his divine grace. They needed to experience forgiveness. The sacrificing of the lamb was an act of faith that Jesus was the one who takes away all the sins of the world. John the Baptist testified to this reality when he saw Jesus and as Jesus was approaching, in John 1.29, he said these words. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was the fulfillment of the symbol of the spotless Lamb. My dear friend, the scripture is very clear. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. And in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are in desperate need of a Savior. Without Jesus, we have one destiny, death. And not just death that ends up in a grave somewhere in a cemetery, but eternal death, permanent separation from God. The Old Testament sacrifice pointed forward to Jesus. The guilt of a sinner was symbolically removed in the service. All we need to do is confess our sins. And when we do that, they are placed on Jesus. And we are forgiven. 1 John 1.9 is a promise. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus will forgive us, and he will cleanse us. We are freed in the arms of Jesus. 
He has borne the full penalty for our sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. That is the only sacrifice that cleanses us and makes us whole. Jesus is the only way. There are not multiple routes to heaven. Christ was offered once for us as a sacrifice for our sins. He paid the price as the perfect lamb of God. He was victorious over sin. He lived a perfect life and as an innocent sacrifice, he paid the price for us. That means for you and for me. And his victory brings divine forgiveness in our lives. We need forgiveness today. Guilt will rob a person of peace and happiness and security. The death of Jesus removes that guilt when we confess our sins to him. Friends, we often try all kinds of different ways to relieve our guilt and shame. But the only forgiveness that truly can bring peace comes from one source, and that is Jesus Christ. Our friends may try to bring us comfort, but they can't solve our guilt. Even psychology can't help us adjust and cope. It can't help us to really deal with our guilt. It took the cross to create pardon and grace. Christ poured out his life on the cross. He took on our guilt, all of our guilt at the same time. And then in a miraculous gift, he gave us his righteousness right standing with the Father. That's why the sacrifice of the Lamb is so powerful. That's why it can become the source of great peace. Paul makes this wonderful promise about Jesus in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Christ never sinned. He was perfect. He lived a perfect life, but he made a choice. He didn't sin, but he became sin for us. He assumed the guilt and shame of us all. He took all of our sin, but never did he commit one sin in his life. We find peace in Jesus. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. But Jesus offers it freely. We find the peace of Jesus Christ by reaching out with our hand of faith and asking Jesus to forgive us and be our Savior. Our sin required the death of Jesus. My sin required Jesus to die. Your sin required Jesus to die. Why? So we might live. It's our sin that required this great sacrifice, and it's our lives that Jesus wants to rescue. He wants to take us to heaven, to live with him forever. His death has made that path clear. The story of the Bible is a rather simple story. It is the story of Jesus, the Lamb of God,
who wins. He cannot be defeated. We have been given a view of the end. We know how the story ends. He has given us everything. We are guaranteed a victory. Listen to these words written by Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Friends, we are not saved by our wealth. We are not saved by our possessions. We are not saved by our good deeds. We cannot earn salvation through working harder. We are saved by Jesus alone, by the blood of the Lamb. It is through him that we can live a victorious life. Salvation is a gift. He offers it to us. And all we have to do is receive it by faith. For many of us, this is so hard to understand. Not because it's complicated, but because of how our lives have been shaped. For many of us, we have tried to earn the approval or acceptance of others. We have spent our whole lives seeking that acceptance from a mother, seeking that acceptance from a father, or from maybe a spouse or some other love interest. We have done this, we have done that, to try to earn love. And Jesus says in soft and tender word, No. Salvation is a gift from God. The grace of Jesus Christ is a gift. His forgiveness is a gift. And conceptually, we might nod our head in agreement that it is a gift, but we still try to earn it. But today Jesus is calling to our hearts to accept this simple life-giving gift to stop the rat race of trying to earn his love and accept that which he has freely given. He desires this real experience for us that we might be prepared for the reality of heaven. So how can we receive and have the assurance of this free gift of salvation? The first step, friend, is to know and accept that God loves you and longs to save you. Jeremiah 31.3 gives a wonderful promise. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. God has everlasting love for you and everlasting love for me. This is a reality. We must first come to terms with that reality and accept it. No matter what you've done, No matter who your family is, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, he loves you with an everlasting love. And then secondly, we need to realize that we cannot earn our salvation or save ourselves. Romans 3.23 makes it clear, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are sinners we cannot save ourselves. There's nothing we can do. We are justified, or in simple terms, we are saved by Jesus Christ. 
He alone is the way to salvation. Thirdly, in accepting that, we need to really believe that Jesus can and will save us. Romans 10 and verse 9 is a very simple promise. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is a guarantee, a promise that won't fail. Then, friend, we confess our sin to Jesus. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There are no conditions other than confessing. When we tell Jesus who we are and what we have done, then he forgives us. We no longer have to pay the price for our own sin. We accept his sacrifice on our behalf, but not only that, he cleanses us. He helps us to have a life that is clean and pure. And lastly, friend, we live and claim this gift. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 to 12. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. We have life with Jesus. Heaven is for real. And it will be the home of those who accept the salvation of Jesus Christ freely. Will you accept that gift today? Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He is life. He is our peace in a time of trouble. When we choose Jesus, he is our strength, even in our weakness. When the world all around us is crumbling and everything seems shaken to the core, Jesus renews us and gives us life. He alone can give that life. He is light in our dark world. Jesus is the one. His amazing sacrifice of love gives us life. That life is a renewed life now, an eternal life in the future. What he has done for you, what he has done for me, is truly amazing.
darkness falls away, your word speaks true. Though I'm lost and wandering, you are our guide. Above you there's no one else, you are, yes you are. Oh, when our world is shaken, when our hope is broken, still you are God of is truly amazing. This wonderful song was offered by the Christian recording group, Sila. It is written is proud to present three Sila concerts across Canada this fall. September the 6th, Sila will be at the Toronto Airport Marriott at 8 p.m. September the 20th, they will be in British Columbia at the Bell Performing Arts Center. And then on October the 11th in Alberta, they will be at the Red Deer Sheraton also at 8 p.m. You can go to our website, itiswrittencanada.ca and there find more information about purchasing tickets and getting to that concert. Also friends, as we have been studying over the last weeks, is heaven for real? This eight part series, I wanna offer that series to you in a DVD set. Here is the information you need to receive that offer. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca and select the TV program tab. For Canadian viewers, the offer will be sent free and postage paid. For viewers outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Call anytime. Lines are open 24 hours daily. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L18-7B4. Friends, Jesus is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. 
for us to spend eternity with him. Do you want to be there? I hope you enjoyed today's program. I invite you to join us again next week. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.